Take me home, Midland Road, to the place I belong, to the valley, to see the city. Take me home, Midland Road. Hello and welcome along to episode two, part two of a season with Bradford City. In this edition, I'm joined by my good friend Jason McEwen, who... Well, I'll let you introduce yourself, Jace. Tell us about you, your love of Bradford City, the website, your podcast, all that good stuff, please. Oh, cheers. Well, first, thanks for having me, Tom. Um, yeah, so, yeah, as you say, I'm Jason. Um, I'm a Bradford City supporter. I've supported the club now since 1997, so getting on to 26 years going going down to Valley Parade. And for the last 20 years, I'd say, um, I've been writing about the football club in uh, different capacities um, on, on fans' media websites. First of all, with uh, the Boy From Brazil website, which was very popular in, in the 2000s. And then in 2011, I set up my own website, widthforpost.com. And for the last uh, nearly 12 years now, we've been writing about Bradford City Matters, all the ups and downs, um, covering them, match reports, etc., interviews here and there, and opinion pieces. And since 2016, we've also been doing our own podcast. Very much a bunch of amateurs doing it. Uh, not professional like yourself, Tom, obviously. <laughs> Um, no, but no, you know, no, no. but um, just just as a bit of fun, really, it's something that we really enjoy doing. And you know, I'm very passionate about the football club. It, it means an awful lot to me. It's a massive part of my life. And I'm also a very passionate writer. I'm very lucky that I get to do it for a living. Um, it's something I really value. And it's very much a hobby as well to spend part of my spare time writing about the the fortunes of the football club. Yes, indeed. And I, and I think your colleague Tim has written a, an excellent tactical piece ahead of the new season, which is on your website. So do check that out. I'll put a link to it in the description of this podcast as well. But this, for me, is the most exciting part of this project. I've spoken to Ryan Sparks, I've spoken to Mark Hughes, but speaking to supporters like yourself, and not just because you're a friend of mine, but people who are committed, who attend games every week, have a season ticket, will travel away if time and family commitments allow as well. But what are your thoughts ahead of the new season? Because a lot of the people I've spoken to, to are still referring to that hurt and the defeat of the playoff semi-final against Carlisle. Yeah, I think there is that hurt is is absolutely there among supporters, and I think whatever happens over the course of the season, that's going to kind of almost be like the bedrock to that in terms of we'll keep going back to that moment. I think losing the playoff semi final to Carlisle last season was a really hard one to take. It was just almost the way the manner of it that it just the season just came to a stop there and then. I mean, it was quite hard to get over really, and mentally, I think it took a bit of time for most supporters. The summer activity has been fine there's not a lot to criticize about it but it hasn't necessarily got you on the edge of your seat and there's good reasons for that so i'm not criticizing the club for that but it has all helped feel a little bit flat still and that kind of hangover has persisted a little bit and i think there's a fear as well very much that as a football club we've had a lot of difficult years um really since 2017 things have really not gone well and for the first time in a while, we had that that kind of special moment where the feeling was back there at the club and there was this burst of real pride and real passion behind the team and real excitement that we haven't had for a while at the football club. And to see that go away again, you just feel, yeah, can we get it back again or will we lose it again for a few years? And you can always see teams that lose in a playoff semi-final, bit of a hangover the year after, don't repeat that again. And, and I feel like for a lot of fans at the moment, there's just that big fear that we've missed a really good opportunity and we might live to regret that. No, it's interesting this this you know feeling, this hurt that supporters talk about. What is it or what was it, I guess, specifically? And is this sort of feeling driving supporters and, and hopefully, I guess, from a Bradford City point of view, the team in this campaign? I think so. I think on the 
the day, there was a lot to be disappointed by. We, you know, we went into that second leg, a goal up. We were, we'd won the first leg. There was obviously a feeling in that first leg we hadn't really t- maximised the opportunities that were there for us, and we could have pressed home our advantage a bit more. But you know, you go into that second leg, and the performance just wasn't there on the day. It was a really, really poor performance from the players on the pitch to a man. No, no one really turned up on the day. But also, I think the, the way that the tactics were done and the management of Mark Hughes on the day as well left a, quite a bit to be desired as well. And there was just that feeling that we had a really big opportunity and we and we didn't take it. We just did not collectively show up on the day. And obviously, you're there. I mean, I was there at Brunton Park. You're part of this incredible atmosphere. It was it was fantastic as a football occasion. Carlisle, full house, their fans right behind the team. You're seeing those guys celebrate, run on the pitch at the end, what it means to them. They're going to Wembley. And we've just got that crushing disappointment of... Like I say, just that chop it just stopped. It's like, you know, the music just stopped and that's it there and got there and the season's over. And I think that's where that hurt sort of drives from is just that kind of feeling that what a chance we had there, what a big opportunity. And we we weren't able to take it, not because we weren't good enough, but because we just didn't turn up on the day. And I think that's that's where the hurt comes from. And we've got to use that as our driving driving force this season, really. You know, Mark Hughes has kept the majority of the squad from that playoff de- de- um, semi-final defeat, understandably, when we've had a, had a very good season on the pitch, relatively speaking. And you've got to hopefully use that now as, as a spur for all of us, really, to go forward, remember what that felt like, and make sure we're not in that position again. Mark Hughes spoke to me about statistics and how Bradford are improving in almost every area, goals, chances created, etc., that kind of thing. But as we approach his second full season in charge, how would you analyse and describe the job he's done? I think overall he's done a decent job. Um, there's there's quite a lot of factors to it, and I don't think you can underestimate the importance of what he's given the football club in terms of the confidence and the belief and the boost to morale that he's brought. Yeah. Because we were at a real low ebb before he took over as manager. We were just going through manager after manager, getting absolutely nowhere, and it felt like the football club was just kind of a real slow, painful death, really. And then to have someone of his calibre come at that really low moment and want to be at the club and be really happy to be here, gave everyone a real lift and, and it gave a real buzz back to, the, back to the football club. And we're seeing that with the attendances, massive season ticket sales again yeah. for a second year in a row. We're seeing it with the improved style of football. And I think that's that's been a really big thing because it's made you feel connected with the football club again. It's made you feel proud to be above City supporter again because it's made you realise we are a special football club. And this is a guy who... What is he doing in League Two in the first place? But you know he certainly wouldn't be at any other League Two club but ours. In terms of on the field, obviously we got into the playoffs. That was the minimum expectation last season. And by and large, it was a good season. Um, I think there's that feeling, though, that performance-wise and in terms of the, the squad that was at his disposal, we could have expected a bit more. He'd built a very big squad. He'd gone for strength in depth and we had some really quality players. And you looked at it going into last season thinking... He's going to rotate. He's got a really strong squad here and that will really count as the season goes along. But he never really rotated. He was always sticking to the same basic 11. Very rarely deviated away from that and tactically very much stuck to quite a rigid plan. And I think there's just that feeling that he had a stronger hand to play if he really wanted to. And we thought that that top flight managerial experience, that acumen he's built up in really key moments would, would be massive for us. And you go back to that Carlisle game and the substitutions he made that day really were poor and disappointing and, and thinking of having an elite manager that moment in time didn't count for us. But it's still probably the first time his the honeymoon period's over, the first time when really the questions asked of him. And to be that long in the job for us and to get to that point now where the popularity's taken a little bit of a dint, just show how well he's doing um, overall. And I think for this season, big expectations still. 
he certainly has to deliver now this with his last year of his contract. But I think overall, at this moment in time, you'd say it's been decent. Looking ahead then, first game of the League Two season on Saturday, Crawley Town away. What are you expecting from them? They've had a an interesting time, shall we say, on and off the pitch. It's a cliche, isn't it? Getting off to a good start. But are you expecting Bradford City to to leave with all three points? I think you have to be. Um, Crawley Town last season were not great. They just about pulled away from relegation right at the end with a, with a good run. Um, but then you look at the summer activity they've had so far, a lot more players have left, some very good players as well. And some of the players they brought in instead are from very much a lower level. They're not just conference level, but further below than that. And that's got to have some big question marks. You can see the mood of the Crawley Town supporters is incredibly low. They really are not sure where they're going. They're very unhappy direction of the club under the owners. And I think there's an expectation, therefore, that we should be going on the open day of the season looking to win there. And I think any prediction you read about League Two this season in terms of who's going to go up, who's going to get relegated, to every single person saying Crawley bottom of the league. And right. it might not pan out that way, but I think there's a, that is a, that is what you look at this moment in time in terms of what they've done. It does look like they've, they're making a bit of a mess of things. And I think for Bradford City, there's always a bit of needle with this game because Crawley are owned by Wagmire United, the uh, crypto um, guys who right. 18 months or so ago tried to buy Bradford City and very much... We're almost celebrating having taken over the club before anything even happened. And as it happened, it didn't go through and it was all a bit of a mess. Um, so we've been watching Crawley from a distance, really, just thinking uh, what could have been for us, really. And I think it's fair to say dodged a bullet is <laughs> the best phrase for that because it's a mess and that, that really could have been us. Talk to me about this formation then, Jace. A lot has been made about it. Lots of questions in Mark Hughes' press conference ahead of the Crawley Town game. Do you think it'll be successful? He, he mentioned the flexibility and the fluidity it allows him within matches as well? Yeah, um, I think it's really interesting that, that, that you know, we're going to go to three at the back by, by looks of it. It was something you could see he was trying to do a bit, little bit last season um, towards, you know, towards the end of the campaign, but I think he probably didn't quite have the right personnel to make it work. So he's obviously looked to rectify that over the summer. Um, I think the other big thing that's been part of that is, is we're, pre- we're pressing really high. There's more energy there. We look like we're more attack-minded than gung-ho. So although it's, you know, you, you can make the argument it's five at the back because you're having three centre-backs and two wing-backs, we look like we're more adventurous. We look like we're willing to commit players forward a little bit more and the centre-backs are expected to push on and the team is supposed to get high up the pitch because of that. The other advantage is you're going to have a striker alongside Andy Cook where obviously he's been a very good solo target man. He does that incredibly well. Um, really, really impressive the way he, you know, he, he does lead the line. But, clearly having someone alongside him can only help as well and that gets a chance there to get another player there. So it looks like it's going to be a slightly more attacking move. A bit more risk is going to be on display. We are going to go for it rather than the slow pace and the possession-based style football that we've had over over last season. It just remains to be seen if it'll work or not. And I think the concern when you're looking at it, and obviously I listened to your interview with Mark Hughes, which was, which was great, and he talked about the versatility there and he's not wielded to that if it doesn't work. But recruitment-wise, we very much look like we've gone, we bought, brought players in the summer to play in this way um, in terms of recruiting wing-backs, in terms of centre-backs we've recruited. And we don't necessarily have options in, in certainly in the wide forward areas where if this formation does not work and you want to go back to a, a 4-2-3-1 or, or something like that, the players are not going to be there for him to do that. So there is that concern of if it doesn't work, where does that leave us? But from the bits I've seen of pre-season, the games I've been to, 
I am quite excited about it. I think it's good that we are looking to try something a little bit different because I think if we just carried on last season, as we were last season with basically the same team, basically the same state, playing style, we're probably going to have basically the same end, aren't we? Before Hughes spoke at the press conference, Alex Patterson spoke and, and, and did so very well. He's very aware of the numbers in terms of goals and assists he's expected to bring this season. Which of the new signings do you think we should be keeping an eye on and do you think Patterson is, is, is one of the main ones? Yeah, I think without a doubt, um, he he's he's certainly probably the standout signing in terms of the record he's got, and in terms of the the type of player we've been trying to bring in, in terms of the age, the kind of level of experience, and just signing those kind of gems that are there really. And he's been at Harrogate for two years, has done really well, a good goals return, good assists return for a team that has been struggling at the bottom end of League Two by, by and large over that period. So it's very encouraging there. And in pre-season, watching him, he looks like a player who. Isn't necessarily going to get too involved off the ball. He's, you know, he might have spells where he's quiet in there, but but he's got that ability to run at people and take take players on, link up well with Cook and with Jamie Walker, and get into the box as well and, and create stuff. And certainly the games I've seen, he's you know he scored a goal, um, he set up a couple as well along the way by being in that adventurous position. So he looks like a really key player for us, and it's going to be going to be interesting to see. I think the big thing, you know, going back to formation and the new signings is. We played with two holding midfielders last season for pretty much the whole campaign. Towards the end, we had three holding midfielders as well, and he was yeah. very cautious. We set the back four, and that meant that Andy Cook and Jamie Walker and like Scott Banks were very isolated, and it was something that Kyle Owl in the playoffs absolutely exploited. Bringing the, the change of formation should mean we have only one holding midfielder, which means you can have Patterson in the team bombing forward without worrying too much about those def- defensive responsibilities. And that's where I think the difference will be this season if we are going to be better. It's the success of people like Patterson. Can they deliver? Can they get the goals and assists that we need? And can they you know, make for, make for the fact that defensively they won't offer a lot there, but going forward they'll offer plenty more to help Cook out? Yes, and I believe they car share both Patterson and Cook from the North East. So I imagine that's a, an interesting journey, shall we say, each day down to Woodhouse Grove. Prediction-wise then, this season, Jason, where are you expecting Bradford City to finish? I think, that, as everyone has been speaking about League Two this year, it's a lot more high-profile. You've obviously got Wrexham coming in, you've got Notts County returning to the Football League, both looking very financially strong, both look like they have excellent teams and already having blitzed the National League last season, and they've got, they've got financial and support and momentum behind them. Then you've got the likes of Stockport, Salford, who did well last year. You've got you've got Gillingham, who got taken over last season and looked financially very strong. Um, and so it's going to be it's going to be a tricky league, I think, for us. Um, having said that, there's also a lot of weak teams in the league. Um, a lot of teams you look at and think, well, they're going to really struggle to challenge. They're going to really struggle to compete. So I think at the top, it's going to be heavier traffic and be more difficult to replicate what we did last season. But I don't expect a massive drop-off either. I, I don't see at this moment in time any reason why we won't be top 10 at least. And for me, I think we will probably just about finish inside the playoffs. Um, a little bit of last season, probably only just. Oh. But I think we're there to get there. Um, so I'm, I'm confident we can, we can do that. And although there are some more difficult teams there who I think will inevitably leap, leapfroggers like Wrexham a lot because of the capabilities they've got, there's still opportunities there for us to get promoted. Excellent, Jason. Do go and check out withofapost.com and all the other good stuff Jason's doing. I'm not going to leave, though, Jason, with a bit of a... I'm going to cheat, really. I haven't warned you about this. It's a bit of a quick-fire... Well, I think there's five quick-fire <laughs> questions here. So, Bradford City-related, which I'm sure some of the listeners can get involved with and, and shout out their names as well. But um, here we go. Favourite ever Bradford City player? 
Oh, can I have two for this one? Yeah, you can. Yeah, go on. Um, yeah, uh, so Adinho, the Brazilian striker. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, when I first started watching Man City, he was up front and he was just my hero. Every game I got his autograph. I went early every game for that reason. <laughs> every single programme for that era has his autograph on the front. I love that guy. Uh, and then Stuart McCall uh, would be the other for football reasons. You know, he was absolutely fantastic when he came back for that second spell and got us promoted to the Premier League. And just one of those players, it's a cliche, but covers every blade of grass and just cared so much and really put everything out there on the pitch for us and, and also really quality footballer as well a brilliant passer really good at driving the team forward I think he's almost been boxed up as that hard working run around kind of guy and he does that but he's also a really really good player as well One of the best passes I ever saw in football was by Stuart McCall to Isaiah Rankin there you go Bradford City fans <laughs> there is some knowledge Bradford London and you know what I'm going to try and find Edinho hunt him down and even if I have to get an interpreter Let's get him on this podcast. Okay, Absolutely. best Bradford City goal. Oh man, uh, this is really this is horrible. Sorry, <laughs> I think probably the best one I've seen. Um, I'm going to go for probably Peter Bigger in the Premier League when he got an absolute world against Leeds. I think it was just absolutely stunning one. I think you can find it on YouTube there and from distance, just absolutely whacked it from a long way out, flew into the top corner, absolutely magnificent. I was right behind it in the cop, superb <laughs> goal. Was that because, though, Jason, it was against Leeds or was it because he was genuinely aware? I mean, I can remember as well. And you, by the way, what, what was better, his goal or his celebration? Well, absolutely, yeah, fantastic celebration. But yeah, it obviously makes it more special that it was against Leeds. <laughs> lost that day, absolutely, but, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, best moment as a Bradford City supporter? I think, again, I'll cheat up two, which is getting to the Premier League was amazing. I was lucky enough to be at Wolves on the final day when we sealed promotion and to be part of those celebrations and see that happening. See Bradford City go through a glass ceiling of something you never thought you'd imagine would happen was absolutely incredible. Uh, and being in the Premier League was, was, a, was an amazing experience. Um, so that was that one. And then I would also say in 2013, reaching the Cup final, being at Villa Park when we um, completed the two-legged victory over Aston Villa, Absolutely sensational. Just again, just you cannot believe what you've seen. That Bradford City shouldn't have been nowhere near that, and to be to be <laughs> reaching a major cup final. Even now, you get goosebumps just thinking about it. James Hansen's header and the celebrations again, just absolutely magical. So I can't split between the two. They're both just amazing. Arsenal game not getting on the list, is it? Is it pushing? It's not bit? far behind. It's in your top ten, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> What's your worst moment as a Bradford City supporter? I would say the whole of the 2003-4 season, which was supposed to be our centenary year, we were in the championship um, and we ended up getting relegated and also went to administration, looked like the club was going to go bust. It was just incredibly miserable. Brian Robson was our manager and you know he did his best, but it was, it was just a lost cause. And the thing that stood out for me was we weren't awful in terms of we weren't getting battered every week. We set a record for most single goal defeats in an entire season. So pretty <laughs> much every that. week. What a stat that is. We're losing like 1-0, 2-1 every single week. And that's so agonising because you kind of play well for a bit of the period and then you give away a stupid penalty or just a daft goal at the end and lose the game. And that's agonising. In a way, when you're getting absolutely battered, that's not nice. But you almost like, it's almost easier to take than all that hope you get every week and then you just lose again and again. So that one for me, awful. Best away trip? Well, I've already said Wolves and Villa have enough of those ones. Uh, so I better think of another one. I probably would say... Again, 2012-13 was Burton Albion when we played them in the playoffs and won 3-1 in the second leg, having lost the first leg to reach Wembley. Uh, just an amazing atmosphere. 
James Hansen and Naki Wells up front absolutely destroyed Burton that day. And just remember these epic celebrations in the way and every time we scored it was just absolutely incredible. Mm. And they're the best kind of victories, aren't they, where you, you think you've gone, you think you've lost the game, you've, you've already given up hope and then it just something unexpected happens and totally restores that. I thought we were, we were done already. And then to go there and win like we did, just incredible. And the final one, which I think is relevant to this season as well, but automatic promotion or playoff glory? I think automatic for me. Um, we've only seen it once in my life, and that was the year when we got promoted to the Premier League, and it was just absolutely fantastic, um, the football, and just, just to be up there competing at the top like that. Playoffs are great, but I think Bradford City's fans, we've had a lot of playoffs over the last few years, and we've had the, the awful side of it and the good side of it. I think it'd just be nice almost to be wrapped up, knowing you're in League One the next year and watch everyone else fight it out instead. You're all playoff now, are you, mate? Jason McEwen, <laughs> thank you very much indeed. Top man as always. Do check out Jason's website and his blog and his podcast, as we mentioned. Jason, thank you, mate. So a thank you to Mark Hughes in the first part of episode two. And as you heard there, thank you to Jason McEwen as well. Join us next week as we reflect on the opening matches of the season and prepare for the first home league fixture. But before we go, you as the listener have the chance to win a new Bradford City home shirt and all you have to do is tweet the answer to me following the release of this episode. So here we go. Who was Mark Hughes' first signing as manager of Bradford City? Who was Mark Hughes' first signing as manager of Bradford City? Tweet the answer to me following the release of this episode and I'll announce the winner and present them with the shirt the next time they can make it to Valley Parade. Until next week.